Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. Let me introduce you to our guests who are going to be sharing with us some insights. We do have Sheikh Rafiq Hassan. No stranger to the program is the founder and director of the Islamic Interfaith Research Institute. Sheikh, good evening and thank you for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, good evening to you, Naya, and to your listenership and to your guests. And uh, good to be on uh, pleasure on your program. Pleasure is all mine. We also have Mamukul Zipet, is a member of the Baha'i Faith. Remember, they don't have any clergy, so they don't need any titles. She just is a person who's able to give us some perspective. Mamu Zipet, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, Naya. Good evening, listeners and your guests. Thank you very much for Also, we do have Pastor Solomon Ashams. He's a journalist, he's a Christian activist, he's a director of Mercy, a support platform for those sexually abused within the church. Pastor Shams, good evening to you and thank you for agreeing to talk to us. Thanks, Nai. Thanks for inviting me. Right, we're going to jump right in. It's 10 minutes after 7. We only have 50 minutes and we're going to try and use that 50 minutes as fruitfully as possible. Let me begin with you, Pastor Shams, from your scriptures, the Christian scriptures. Is there anything that says God cares for or does not care? for the way we dress, or about the way we dress? Well, for me, I think looking at biblical perspectives and looking at the, the way the Bible tries to uh, to talk about it, you know, I would say one thing and that I feel for me is very, very important, except for back in, uh, in Leviticus, where, you know, the Levitical law uh, that obviously no longer applies in the New Covenant, you know, God's right there says, um, you know, he has, he basically said nothing regarding how we should dress, what sort of attire we should put together to go and worship, you know, and, and it's important for us to understand that. It's, does he prescribe and blow by blow tells us this is the way and this is what you should wear, you know? I don't see anything about the way that we should clothe ourselves in the Bible <coughs> when it comes to attire, but I see something about clothing ourselves with humility, which is in First Peter 5, 5, which is clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And for me, that says the foundation of saying what is inside of us would reflect how, to how we dress outside. What is outside, how we dress, doesn't really reflect what is inside of us. And God is more concerned with what is inside uh, do we have humility? Do we carry humility or we carry pride? Do we carry love or we carry hate? Because whatever we carry inside is going to reflect outwardly. So, And we are dealing with uh, a situation where there are so many different cultures um, all, over, all over, all over the world and all over South Africa. There are so many different cultures. So how, how is that possible? You know, if you look at back in the 70s, back in the 80s, back in the 90s, people used to dress totally differently. And it has evolved over the years. Is that to say God has evolved or is the culture that is evolving? So I think culture and tradition, you know, is a huge, huge factor in what sort of attire we put on to go to a place of worship, not even just to a place of worship, but how we carry ourselves around society as Christians. All right. So what exactly does it mean there? Are you saying there is nothing in your scriptures that says dress in a particular way? Except for in Leviticus, you said excluding Levitical law. Is that true there, Pastor? From my understanding, that is just it. You know, but again, uh, like I said, it is something that we can check through scriptures and ask ourselves, is there an explicit, detailed 
our recommendation to how we should dress, what sort of attire we should put. Is there an an explicit? Is is it really explicit? This is the way that that God um, recommends that we should we should dress or not. We can look at scriptures like uh, like we can see in uh, in is it uh, first. First, Second Timothy, uh, First Timothy, rather, two, nine, and ten, and this is talking to women. So this is not just, you know, this is in this case, Paul talking to Timothy on how to what to teach women. Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. So there are, you can ask different people different questions. So what is modesty? Hold on, hold on, before we we, we even go go there. So can you retract that statement that says, except for Levitical law, there is nothing in scriptures that speaks about dress code. Surely, now your conscience has caught up with you. You realize 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10 speaks directly to that. We're talking about clothing here. Yes, sir. Yes. We're talking about clothing here. So here he's saying, likewise, that women should adore themselves, should adorn themselves. So if you look at the scripture from, that I read from, uh, from 2 Peter 5.5, 5, we're talking about clothing yourself. So we must distinct the two. We must understand the two. Here we're talking about an attire, you clothe yourself with an attire. But here, if you look at here, what he's talking about, we're not just talking about what you wear. That's why here we're talking about respectable apparel. He said, adore themselves in respectable apparel with modesty. What is apparel there, Pastor? Apparel is something that you... You put on. There are so many. There are, there are so many clothes. ways that you can put it on. The dictionary gives you various synonyms of the word clothes, and apparel is one of those synonyms. We have to check it out, and you you can see it. I'm I'm going to I'm trying to be as explicit as possible. Where it says clothe yourself, clothe yourself, Pastor. So clothing. This is all that you put. Are you suggesting that this is not talking about clothes? Apparel is not clothes. Is that your argument there, Pastor? It is. Okay. It's, a, it's, it's, there are different elements. Here is, okay, we're talking about a state. Clothing yourself means completely, totally who you are. But if you look at the scripture in First Timothy 2, 9, 10, there are a lot of different elements that is in there. That is the, from the cost of what you wear, from what you put on should be respectable. Let's let, uh, let's move on. Let's move on there, Pastor. Again, First Corinthians eleven six to ten. Surely you know that's talking about things that we put on clothes or apparel, whatever you want to call it. First yeah. Corinthians eleven verse six to ten. Again, the seven that says there's nowhere else in Scripture it talks about that is entirely untrue. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, from my understanding again. Let me read it so know. that we don't depend on your understanding. Let's depend on the scriptures there, Pastor. The scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 6 to yes. 10, it reads, For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. 
But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head. This one is talking about a man. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But women, woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, because of the angels. Again, that text, without my interpretation, my understanding, just reading it verbatim, tells you that it seems your statement is incorrect there, Pastor. It does speak specifically about clothing. You're talking about one element that forms a part of the clothing that a man or a woman should wear. So it is not clothing, therefore. So you're talking about a hat. Is it therefore not clothing? Other parts of the body. So if we look at the total, my belief again is from Second Peter two two five five. Is you inside of you, you carry the humility that it speaks about, then outwardly is going to reflect that, whether you cover your hair, whether you don't cover your hair, whether you're from a culture or a church or a religion that says cover your hair or don't cover your hair, from your inside to your outside, that's how we do reflect, as a group, as an individual. <clears throat> okay. All right. So there are certain group uh, traditions and cultures that it imposed on certain people because you're part of a religious organization, part of a religious... But, uh, but, but now we're talking about your religion there, Pastor. Well, we're talking about right. your faith, the Christian faith. We're not talking about any yeah, other obviously. cultures. We're talking about yours. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Thank I you come, very much. I come Pastor. from a background. I come. Sorry. I come from a background where back in. Okay. I'm Nigerian. My wife is here. When we go home, when we go to my church at home, when we go to visit my mother and my family, she has to cover her hair to go into church. But back here, she doesn't. Why? I'm, because I'm, here they don't read the same husband, scriptures? I'm very much okay with it. So you see the diverse different cultures and traditions that are there. But why should cultures and religions... wrong? Hold on, Pastor. Why should cultures affect what is written down? Why should you bring in cultures and perspectives in what has already been texted and written down? It's not wrong to bring in cultures, but if you put the cultures it's to not you wrong. In, that is biblical belief, is, that, is it contradicting the Bible or not? Yeah. So if it contradicts scriptures, if it contradicts principles, biblical principles, then there is going to be a problem with that. Our culture has evolved. God is part of our culture, a lot of our culture, not every part of our culture, but there's a certain part of our culture that may not be biblical, but it's okay to bring it in uh, into who we are and what we believe in, into what we believe about God. So you're saying God is part of your culture? He evolves with the evolution of your culture, Pastor? Did I hear you right? I didn't say evolve. You I said par- God is part of your culture evolve. and culture evolves. Said, Those I, were your words. Culture, yeah, culture evolves. <laughs> and I say, I said again, there's part of our culture that is okay. My belief as a Christian, it doesn't contradict my my belief as a Christian doesn't contradict my culture that I bring in. Okay, all right. I'm going to so take a break and come I back. If I come from a culture where I need to take care of, that, you know, the African proverb that says, you know, we take a village to raise a child. Okay. This is not right. directly from the scriptures, but it's an African, it's a part of our culture. Yeah, I noticed. So I noticed okay? you're, you're intermingling those. I'm going to take a break and come back and bring in Sheikh Rafiq Hassan from the Muslim perspective. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. on SAFM. Looking at now the Muslim perspective as represented by, represented by Sheikh Rafiq Hassan, who's the founder and director of the Islamic Interfaith Research Institute. From your faith there, Sheikh. 
Does it matter to God what we wear? Yes, uh, Naya. From an Islamic point of view, the Quran, which is the you know the divine book uh, and the last testament which Muslims believe to humanity, uh, in chapter seven, verse twenty-six, um, uh, God Almighty is addressing everyone, all of us, all children of Adam. So. God Almighty is talking to the human race, you know, to me and you and everyone. He says, we have bestowed clothing, you know, garments upon you to cover your shame, as well as to be an adornment to you. But the garment of righteousness and God consciousness, that is best. Such are among the signs of God Almighty Allah, that they may receive admonition. So this verse, right at the beginning, is saying that, uh, clothing is necessary for us to cover our shame. The word is used that is our nakedness, so to say. And also as an adornment, clothes must make you look nice. So it, God Almighty, from an Islamic point of view, he wants you to look good, male or female. So clothing must, you know, there's nothing wrong if you're going to make it to beautify yourself. There's nothing wrong with that while it's covering you up. But then what the pastor was saying earlier on, this the, the verse that follows, you know, while the basu taqwa, it says, but... Uh, not only the external garment, but your righteousness, in your inner garments of righteousness and modesty, you know, that that must go with it. So unlike uh, what the pastor was saying, that that's more important than the external. In Islam, both are important as well, just as you're going to be externally modest and dressed, but beautifully and well-presented presentable, but also you must be, your your consciousness, your righteousness of heart and soul, and your character, your inward side, must also be, and the word taqwa is used, which is a very deep Islamic term, which goes across many principles in Islam, and here it's used for clothing. Taqwa meaning God consciousness, it can mean humility, and it, it comes for fasting, we're going to be fasting, and God says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that when you fast, one of the reasons you fast, you attain taqwa. Here it's used there, and if you are just with one another, then it is also an expression of your taqwa. So this taqwa is righteousness, you know, God consciousness, fairness, justice. So it's very important that Islam uh, integrates your clothing uh, with, your, you know, the, the concept of uh, being good and fair and uh, to everyone inwardly as well in your disposition and character. So your character and your external and internal character must be beautified and must resemble God consciousness and express God consciousness and fairness. Ah, so, okay. hmm? yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Sheikh. So, so, so that's the first part. Um, that's a very general statement, all right? So I just want to give two verses just to summarize the Islamic concept. Uh, there is a misnomer, uh, Naya, that, you know, Islam is only focusing on the woman, you know, to cover herself and all that, and therefore and nothing on the man. In fact, the, the second point I want to make is there is uh, rules of dressing for both men and women. So this is what I want to clarify. So in chapter 4, verse 30 of the Quran, God is addressing the men and says, say to the believing men that they should lower their gaze and guard their modesty. So they should be modest, right, in their dress as well as in, in their disposition. And the next verse, 20, it, so it addresses the men first. And then verse 31, and say to the believing women the same thing that they should lower the gaze and, and guard their mouth. In other words, don't attract attention to yourself and, and be modest in the way you dress, 
and modest in the way you relate to people. So here is a, I'm giving you verses from the Quran, the Islamic point of view, the, the, the dress code or, you know, this rule of dressing. First, I gave you a verse that applies to all of us, of all of humanity. For, for forgive me, forgive me Sheikh, for interrupting there. Forgive me for interjecting. I need you to, to point me to these verses again. I, I suspect I may have read them differently. Which, which verses are you referring to again? Quran 4 verse? No, 24. 24. Okay. 24. Yeah, 24 verse 30. Yeah. Okay. And they are saying? It says, the verse reads, Say to the believing men that they should lower the gaze and guard their modesty. You know, the, the modesty. And then verse 31, the next verse says, and say the same thing, but to the, and say the believing women that should they, they should lower their gaze and guard their modesty and they should not display their beauty and the ornaments except, you know, to whom... Uh, they, their family, you see. So, so what we are getting at here is there is a rule in Islam for men and women, and the the broad rule is dress modestly. Don't uh, you know? Uh, and and your modesty will define it later on. Not to wear tight-fitting clothes, not to wear see-through clothes. You know, so you can see your body or see-through things, and uh, you know, uh, not to. Uh, to be very, you know, elaborate or so and boastful because that's not a quality of humbleness and modesty, you know. So, Permit me to read so from my... what the Quran is describing both for the man and the woman in the way they should dress. Allow me uh, to read it know. in my version there, um, uh, Sheikh, and then perhaps you can understand where I'm slightly worried about. Um, okay. Uh, it reads, tell the believing man to reduce some of their vision and guard their private parts. That is purer for men, for them. Indeed, Allah yeah. is acquainted with what they do. Am I reading that correctly there, uh, Shay? Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a very, uh, what's the word? Uh, it's a translation that's, uh, I don't see that anyway, because you've got to go to the Arabic text now, you yeah. understand? Uh, and and God, it's haya. The Arabic word is haya. And it's trying to say, it's in saying, God, lower your gaze and don't sexually attract and don't be, you know, very, uh, uh, what's the word, to the opposite sex or to people. Don't uh, dress in a way that is going to attract people to you, either to your sexuality, you know, your, your sexual things. Uh, don't sexually attract. Maybe that's the right word. Don't try and sexually attract the opposite sex. Be modest in the way you dress and be modest in the way you, you talk and, and, and your character, your inward character. Does this you know, not speak to the individual for him not to allow himself to be lured in? Because when he speaks to men, lower your gaze, be, be careful of what you are looking at that would lead you to be, uh, well, misbehaving with your private parts. It, it doesn't yeah, well, really speak look, about clothing. It speaks about your conduct there isn't it there shake yeah but but the word and guard your modesty yes you know that will be for greater purity for them right the word the word that carries on so yes in, in this particular one is not so much emphasizing the dress so much yes i, I agree with you it, but it's a word when it comes higher you see from an islamic the arabic word that is used here is higher and it says that higher means your overall disposition of modesty and your dress is included in that, uh, Naya. You know, from other verses. Like if I, if I go to, for instance, chapter 32, you've got to read the Quran in, 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 you know, everything is not described in one verse. Okay. Uh, 
so 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 that's what yes this it's not talking specifically about dress but the concept of modesty haya includes dress for instance the next one for the women for instance if you you got the quran open if you you know where you are right there if you read verse 31 okay. it goes a little bit more for the women there one reads the, and tell the believing woman to reduce some of their vision and guard mm-hmm. their private parts and not mm-hmm. expose their adornment except that which necessarily appears thereof and to wrap a portion of their head covers over their chests and not expose their adornment except to their husbands their fathers their yes. husbands fathers their sons their husbands sons the their brothers yeah. their brothers sons their sisters sons their women yes. uh, the, that which their right hands possess or those male attendants having no physical desire or children who are not yet aware of the private aspects of women and let them not stamp their feet to make known what they conceal of the adornment and turn to Allah in repentance all you o believers that you might succeed right so so you can see this is going more in detail you see that word the same word is used but it it elaborates it so it was saying what i was saying for when he told the men to lower your gaze and guard your modesty now you using the word private parts the word is not mean, meaning private parts the translator when can translate it it means and guard your modesty and this modesty now it says do not display your beauty and your garments you must pull your over, your outer garment over you cover your your bosoms well, to be or explicit you know cover your breasts and your shapes and what what yeah. don't to attract so so what islam is saying you you must not dress to sexually attract or to attract the opposite be very loquacious or very loud if i may use that word be modest in the way you dress look smart you can look beautiful you can use whatever colors you want and whatever styles you want there's no restrictions on that on the man and the woman but you know be moderate and 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 be you know higher the word is be moderate and be modest in the way you dress all right all right i hear you thank you very much shake i want to bring in now mamukul is a peter from the bahai faith mamuz peter from your faith does your god care how we dress Hi Nae. Yes, ma'am. And the listener. Um first I would like to say to give a background. By the time our faith started by the time Bahaullah came, there were many rules about dress. And the origins of dressing, a dress code, they were in the laws of the traditional practices and of world religions. The for example there were rules strict rules about how people should dress had dresses robes especially the leader and at the same time it was the time they would forbid people for example to adopt european attire and both the bab and bahala they removed such limitations on one's apparel and types of preparing yourself like he talks a lot about hair and beard and and dress up but he, he actually on one of his tablets he says the choice of clothing and the cut of the beard and its dressing are left to the discretion of men men not men i mean people but you continue to say but way all people let him make yourselves the playthings of the ignorant 
if you recall to the Kitabi Akdas, the book of the laws of the Baha'i faith, you'll find on yeah, Kitabi number nine, where it talks about the hair, the issue of the hair. If I can quickly read it, he says, Hair does not invalidate your prayer, nor ought from which the spirit has departed, such as bones and the like. Ye are free to wear the fair of the Savior as ye would that of the deer, the beaver, the squirrel, and the other animals. The prohibition of its use has stemmed from misconceptions of previous dispensation. He verily is the all-glorious, the all-knowing. This one is uh, apparently in the previous dispensation before Bahá'u'lláh. Uh, people were not allowed to wear hair or made from fair of certain animals. But what I want to come to, which talks to us to your question, if you go to Kitabi number 159, it's from the same Kitabi after. This is that somewhere in the middle. It says, We have permitted you to utter yourselves in silk. The Lord has relieved you as a bounty on his part of the restrictions that formerly applied to clothing and to the theme of the gate of the gate. He verily is the ordainer, the omniscient. Let there be not in your demeanor of which sound and upright mind would disapprove, and make not yourselves the platings of the ignorant. Well is it with him who has adorned himself with the vessel of seemly conduct and the praiseworthy character. He is assuredly reckoned with those who aid their Lord through the distinctive, distinctive and outstanding things. The point here now, Mahola is saying, clearly that the choice of clothing and whatever we do is left to our discretion. But as the Sheikh said, there's a lot of emphasis in further writing, writings about modesty, about just being a human being and modest, but specifically all those rules that you can do this, you can do that, and what he said is left to the conscious of each believer, or, but Beware, we must be aware not to make ourselves the blessings of the ignorant. And lastly, the Bab himself, again, on the same topic of, of breath, he addresses how people would focus on Atia more than the inner being the actual the character of the person. In some of his writings, uh, we don't have that selection from the writings of the Bab, page 148, he says, how great the number of people who get themselves with robes of silk all their lives, while clad in the garb of fire, inasmuch as they have divested themselves on the raiment of divine guidance and righteousness. And how numerous are those who wear clothes made of cotton or coarse wool throughout their lives, and yet by reason of their being endowed with the vesture of divine guidance and righteousness, are truly attired with the raiment of paradise and take delight in the good pleasure of God. Indeed, it would be better in the sight of God were ye to combine the two, 
adorning yourself with the raiment of divine guidance and righteousness and wearing exquisite silk if you can afford to do so. If not, at least at ye not unrighteously, but rather observe piety and virtue. As I said, in essence, I agree with the faith in the, the, the understanding. My understanding is that the choice of what I should do, I should wear, is up to me. But what is important is my character, it's my conduct. It's no point focusing on wearing this or that and that and my character and the issue of modesty. <clears throat> That's my point. Actually, the Sheikh was saying what we wear actually does matter as far as the Quran is concerned. Actually, specifies. Oh, and, as, okay, I missed yeah. that. So yeah. no, if you, but, uh, but how actually is clearly said. He said uh, the Lord has relieved you as a bounty on His part on the restrictions of the that formally applied to clothing, and he talks a lot about what the previous uh, religions. Specifically, things that you could wear this, you could not wear this. Actually, those religions that you're referring to, Mamuz Pete, you're actually referring to Islam, because the Bab and the the Baha'i faith came after Islam. Exactly, and herein lies the issue. It is actually a revolution of sorts against some of the things that were done and taught by Islam. In fact, you when you read some of the statements attributed to the Bab. He refers to the Quran and the men and suppose who are not supposed to be wearing uh, silky clothes except for uh, war. It, it would appear as though it's a direct revolt against what the Quran was saying. I would not talk about that because the Bab, <laughs> my belief was the same of God. I cannot be a, he's a representative. Neither I can't be a representative of, as I, I cannot, uh, 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 his uh, Prophet Muhammad, I, I respect him, I honor myself in him, I cannot demean him or belittle him. No, no, I'm, I'm going to quote for you what is attributed to Baha'u'llah in the Kitabi Akdas Pa 159 and also Kitabi Akdas number 174. I'm going to read this. I'm yes. reading the verbatim. According to Islamic practice, the wearing of silk by men was generally forbidden except in times of holy war. This prohibition yes. was not based on the verses of the Quran was abrogated by the bab. It seemed yes. as though directly... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that, that's what I was referring to. And this is not necessarily what you are saying, but what your text is saying. I want to open the lines to all of you so that we can have everybody joining in the conversation. We're trying to get some text now and we'll come back and chew on some of the things that you all said. 0891-104-207 or you could send your WhatsApp voice notes, texts, videos, whatever you want to send to our WhatsApp line 0614-104-107 Let's go to Anonymous. Good evening, Anonymous. To you, eh? Hi, Ma. Uh, and your guest, all your guests. Eh? Mm. And I just want to say that, you know, when you're born, you're born naked, fair enough. Yes. But when you're a grown-up, you don't look the same as when you were born. Yes. Right, you, do, uh, you look kind of different. Imagine walking, your, uh, because you're not that baby anymore. Yes. You're a grown-up and uh, things have changed, mm. right, for every adult, male or female. And, uh, and also, Adam and Eve, they were, they were born uh, they were uh, two people that first two people that God created. Yes. And they were naked. 
right? And they were like uh, just just two people. They they didn't know whether they brother or sister or who they were. They were just two people that got created. No, actually, anyway. Adam knew that this is now bone of my bones. You are going to bear me children. He knew that from the very onset. No, but the snake had poisoned <laughs> the mind of the of uh, of the Eve. And that's when she started to cover with the leaves because the snake poisoned the mind. Uh, well, I, I don't know if that is a result of the snake, but your, your point is they were covering because of the snake's poisoning. Is that your argument, Ma? Uh, yes, my argument is the, they were covering because the snake because they were two people that were without clothes okay. that got created. Before I engage you further, which faith are you speaking from? Uh, from the Christian faith. From the Christian from, faith? Yeah, from the Roman Catholic faith. Okay. If you go to the Christian perspective, the Christians believe that they were clothed in God's glory. That is what had covered them for them not to see their own nakedness as something to be abominable or to be objectionable. No, but the two people didn't use clothes. They used leaves. No, before they <laughs> even... Uh, they used leaves. Be- no, that's according to the scripture hold of the, on, hold of hold the on, Bible. Hold on, hold on. Before they were clothed in leaves, the, the, the issue of the leaves it happened after they ate from the fruit, from the yes. tree, right? Yes. I'm the, talking the about apple. before then. When God created them, there were no coverings of leaves. Yes, agreed. But they didn't I, I, see I, I, themselves as were, naked. I'm saying there were no covering of leaves. And God created two people. He created just two people without clothes. Yes, and they, there was no need for covering there. They were there absolutely no no cov- naked yes. as, as after adults. They were, after they had the poisoned apple, then <laughs> yeah. they started to cover with leaves. Yeah, and but then... Now, they- and the, you know, the, in the Islamic faith, it says that you, uh, Molana is 100% correct in what he's saying, that you have to be covered. You want to present yourself in front of God in, in looking some, like someone else. You need to have respect and discipline for the, your creator. So you can't be saying, I want to pray now naked because my God created me naked. Why not? No. Why not? It, it's, 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 uh, I won't feel that it's, uh, you know, <laughs> why not? You know, me, uh, although, the, uh, although the Molana will agree that uh, we are, are told we can wear long clothes, right? We don't even have to wear pants inside, but I'm so conscious when I'm standing on that musala that I have to wear pants. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. I appreciate your call, right. Ma. I appreciate your calls. Go to Crystal and Matatiel. Good evening, Crystal. Hey, Naya. How are you? Well, thank you, sir. How are you? No, no, man. You know, in the Bible, there is where it talks about holy clothing. It's in Latinicus here. I'm still, I lost it now. You mean but Leviticus? Now, yes, Leviticus something. It talks about uh, cleaning yourself and putting on holy clothing. So, holy clothing... Share, share it with us. You, share it with us. And I want you to remember that um, the pastor did acknowledge that Levitical attire excluded there is nothing according to him that speaks to clothing. So, he did acknowledge that in the book of Leviticus, it does mention a, a type of clothing. But I would like to hear what text you would like to use to, to, to support uh, your... And I don't know what's going on here. Okay. But now... You can you know, call yeah, again. brother. No, but in the Bible, it describes, it tells you that you must put on such kind of clothing. And that kind of clothing, of course, will be to you by the church. The church will tell you what is the holy clothing. And then these see-through clothes, the purpose of clothing is that you must cover yourself. Now, you are told there that you must cover yourself and not wear this fashion that is going on where people are wearing even see-throughs and the likes. So... I just lost it now, but in that yeah. it talks about holy It would have been helpful like for us to go to know yeah, what text you're so, referring to so there. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. If you find it, please call again. All right. 
Okay, thank you very much, Crystal. Let's go back to the pastor there. Uh, pastor, I'm going to ask you to be as brief as you can because I want us to do some rapid-fire question and answer here before we run out of time. Uh, do you still stand by the theory that, except for the book of Leviticus, there is nowhere else the Bible speaks about clothing and the necessity for the type of clothing? Yes, I still stand by that. You know, I I don't intend to move from that because okay. I think for me, for God, there is, the importance of what we wear externally is not as important as what is inside of us. And the New Testament is very clear on, on, on clothing in the worship assembly, where when we come to worship, you know, in James 2, 2 to 4, it says, if a man wearing fine clothing comes into your assembly, and the man in shabby clothing also comes in, you are not to make distinctions between the two. To do so would be evil. Okay. So clearly he's telling you here, between this, two people. This is a non-issue, what you wear externally, but what is, what is inside of you, like he says from Second Peter 5, five about the humility of your heart. Christianity is a religion of the heart, what is inside of you. Christianity, the Christian faith, is about what is inside of you, because what is inside of you would showcase what is going to be outside, externally. And the first caller talked about, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, and, and they were naked, and then they clothed themselves. Clothing it's a byproduct of sin. We can clearly see it in Genesis between Adam and They were naked, but because they sinned, they now saw, ah, physically, externally, we have to clothe ourselves, which is not something that God had wanted us to, to, to have. But we, it became a very big issue. The Leviticus, I mean, in Leviticus, is very clear the precision in which the clothing that we should put on, they should put on then. But the New Testament, for me, it has totally de-emphasized you know, the, 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 the importance of what we wear, the character, what is inside of us. First Peter 3, 3 says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. Okay. Do not let your adorning be external. Okay, um, let, let's go back to what you said. You said it doesn't matter to God. And yet, in the very book of Genesis, after they made themselves the clothes of leaves. It is God who made them clothes. Again, that statement is not true. It is God who made them clothes out of uh, leather. Isn't it there, Pastor? Can you read that for me, what it says precisely, just so we can be on point? And you see, for me, that's, that's very important. Why did he say that? Remember, after sin, a lot came into play. He's still there, God, even before sin and after sin, and he had to take care of them. Okay, let me read it for you. Let me read it for you. And then I'm going to ask you to explain what you mean when you say so that we can be in point. Because it says, Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. And the Lord, I'm reading from the ESV. And the Lord yeah. God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Are we and on we're point talking now? talking about post, post uh, the fall, isn't it? Yeah, you, you said God is not concerned with clothing. Here we see God very concerned. Quite frankly, he didn't like the style that they'd made for themselves, which is out of leaves, and he made them out of leather. Skins. Again, Pastor, that statement is yeah. not true to say God is not concerned. You, you have to put he my took the position in context. Hold on, let's make the, the statement first. The you just quoted hold. now is the Old Testament. And remember... Oh, I was referring to the New Testament. Saying no, 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 Pastor. Hold on, the hold New on. Testament, hold on. You quoted, hold on, hold on, Pastor. You quoted the Old Testament, and you are the one who said we ought 
to be clear about what happened in the clothes of leaves. So I want, to th- I want you to think about that. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I want you to apply your mind to what you said and perhaps consider retracting the statement. You're listening to Facts of Faith. on SAFM. We are trying to chew on the question that is supposed to be a very simple one, but as we go through this conversation, it does not seem to be scripturally as simple as we would like it to be. We're trying to ask the qu- answer the question, does it matter to God? what we wear. We do have on uh, lines Sheikh Rafiq Hassan. We do have Mamukuli Zipet and also Pastor Solomon, Solomon Ashon. They're talking to us, trying to give us some perspective. And this is your decision, by the way. What you take away from this conversation is entirely up to you. All right, Sheikh, let's let's go back to what you said. You had said that it is important how you dress. And my curiosity is what seems to be common practice with Islam, especially in the context of South Africa, save for certain Sheikhs that I've met that don't conform to that standard. Where in the Quran does it say you must wear dresses as we see them? Surely modesty does not speak to dress you can wear a pair of pants and still be modest and Correct. dignified where why is it that we see the majority or at least the, the the ones that i see who identify as muslims they seem to wearing those dresses why yeah well i i you are absolutely correct i i wouldn't like to call it a dress if they dressed in that attire and it's called a uh, you know a baya that you're talking about that big black long thing right over them. Yeah, that well, they 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 different colors, but those those, okay. those attires that are dressed oh. like. Well, let me tell you something. So it's a good point you're raising. First, let's get a Muslim. In Islam, according to the Quran, the woman doesn't have to cover her face and her hands. All right. Yeah. So that's not, it's not prescribed in the Quran. So she can have her face open. Now you'll be seeing a lot of people, women covering the whole face. That's not, in, it's a, that's their own choice. It's not prescribed by the Quran. You get my point. Yeah. It's not an Islamic uh, injunction, number one. And number two, yeah, you do not, uh, you, you do not have to wear it all in, the, it's called an abaya. Okay. So what the Quran calls is an outer garment. Now, I just want you to say, you can change that. I don't know why they all generally use the same one. Yeah. It's called a jilbab. So you can wear an outer garment when you go on. In your house, with your family, you can be as you want to be. No restrictions. You get in that sense. You don't have to have this uh, modesty thing and all. But when you're going out, then people, what they do, they just put an outer garment over them. You see, just, it's like an overcoat. Let me yeah. use the word, or an overdress. Let why, me use why, why Sheikh? That's and, my question. Why right? should they wear that abaya? No, it's because it's a command. You remember we just read the verse. In, in, in the verse, it stated that when you go out, if I give you particularly chapter 33, verse 59, in the Quran, it tells you, in your home, you can be fine with your husband, with your children, because, they, you know, you can be as you want to be, you know, relaxed and free. But when you're going out now, you, you, instead of dressing and covering, they just put an outer garment. The exact word is used, the jilbab, in that verse. So they find it easier. This is just want to run down to this chemist and get something. So they just put an outer garment, but in, and then when they come home, they just take it out again. Okay. All right, uh, Mamuz Peter, before we conclude, I want you to get this uh, clear for us. We are talking about a faith that is... Who is that? that Mamuz Peter? Mamuz Peter, are you there? Mamuz Peter, are you there? I'm back, 
Okay. All right. I wonder who we just lost right there. All right. Just briefly, Ma, we're talking about a faith. Your faith is a very liberal faith. One of the faiths that I think is intellectually advanced in terms of the circular environment that we live in. I'm, I'm curious. Is it possible then, therefore, in your faith, as liberal as it says, we don't concern ourselves. That's what the Bob says and uh, Abdul Bahaf says that uh, well, we don't concern ourselves with fashion. Can I walk into your well place of worship wearing as a man, wearing a dress. Can I walk in wearing a miniskirt as a man, since you don't concern yourselves as a faith with dress? Okay. Before I, I, what I would say, it's, and I, it's left up to you, to your discretion, what you understand about bounds or boundaries of propriety and how what do you understand of exercising moderation in all that pertains to I understand I'm running out of time I need to be as brief as you can does it therefore mean I can dress anyhow I can walk in wearing a bathing suit at your place of worship let me let me be honest you the judge you look at yourself put your bathing costume and say you know what yeah this is within the boundaries of propriety and moderation and modesty. Yeah. Good. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's that's where I was hoping would get to this point. That while we are talking, yeah, no, yeah, I we, mean, that you know, now to be honest, because we become subjective. That's why sometimes trying to understand what the manifestation or the the, the, the prophet of the faith says, we bring our own subjective minds and all our things as hence i take it because this one for 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 a change is put in the book of laws that is left to the discretion of the believer yeah and but then why should i be judged there mama why should i be judged if it's left up to me this is what i call it human weakness or trying to Ah. be the all-knowing the all wise all right all right yeah, that's my understanding. Thank, thank you very much, Ma. I think it's the shake that like, we have lost there. I just there. try to understand this line. I don't know. It can help me. Because Bahá'u'lláh says, Beware, all people, lest you make yourself the playthings of the ignorant. I don't understand what that it means. So, again, I cannot be subjective. I cannot judge you. Yeah, yeah, though it happens. I want to give this to the... It does happen, I agree. I want to go back to the pastor because um, we have some... Uh, uh, there's a parable there, um, Pastor, in the New Testament. I think it is Matthew, if I'm not mistaken. Now I'm trying to um, mince uh, everything that I've... Matthew 22, verse 11, if you remember. But when the king came in to see the qu- the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Now, granted, this is a parable. This is not an actual event. But in the narration of this parable, it would appear as though the way you are dressed is going to be very important. The way you present yourself is of great importance to the fact, to the extent that it is noticed and you are judged. If you're not dressed accordingly, you are judged. And many people in many churches, people are judged and they are kicked out as this man was kicked out of the wedding because he was not dressed in wedding clothes. How do you respond to that, Pastor? Well, I first and foremost, that guy was not kicked out of the the venue for for not wearing the wedding clothes. That is not uh, what that scripture is saying. That's not the context of that scripture. 
the context of that scripture is basically telling us that this man who was one of the people that was invited, everyone was invited, and everyone was told, please, for this occasion, you are expected to dress this way. But he didn't dress that way. So it's a question of disobedience. It wasn't a question of what, what he was putting on. It was a question of instruction was given, but the instruction was not followed. And that was the, that's actually one of the one of the principles there. But let me read, let me read this, Pastor. Not, we know so exactly. You have to read before the eleven. I want to read verse thirteen. And verse thirteen. And after, for we, for us to have an understanding. Pastor, I want to read verse thirteen so that we know exactly what is in the text and your interpretation. The text, verse thirteen, reads: Then the king told the attendants, tie him, hand and foot, and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So he was thrown out. Yeah, he was. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't uh, deny the fact. That and because he was, he was not wearing out, the right clothes. But, but where you're reading from, you're reading from the occasion, the location of the venue where everybody was was there. But pre the event in itself, there was an instruction that was given as you invited. Verse twelve l- l- again, Pastor. Let's be very honest here. Verse twelve reads: He asked. The king asked. How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was exactly. speechless. So I want us to remember, it was because of the clothes there, Pastor. It's 8 o'clock. No. I, 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 all right, my time is up. Thank you very much to all my guests. Thank you very much to Sheikh Rafiq Hassan, to uh, Mamukuri Zbete, and also Pastor Solomon Ashams. From me, Nayelu Pondwana, and the team, have a wonderful evening, and Godspeed. <laughs>